Blog Talk Radio. Most people say they hate wearing shoes and would go barefoot if they knew they were allowed. People say it all the time on their social medias, but they are worried that someone will say something to them. So everyone wears the cheapest flip-flops with the least amount of fabric on them. Most people do not even know that it's completely 100% legal to go barefoot into a store. Most people think that driving barefoot is illegal, but it isn't. Driving barefoot actually is safer than wearing most shoes. Going outside barefoot for a walk is one of the healthiest things you could do, but most people are afraid someone will say so. Or they quote the myths and the rumors that their grandma told them years ago. The fact is, there are no laws against driving a car, going to a store, or eating in a restaurant barefoot. So don't give in to bad fashion, hurt heels, or a broken flip-flop. For more information, please check out barefootislegal.org or find us on your favorite social media. Earthing, also known as grounding, is the act of touching our body's skin directly to the earth, just like our ancestors did as they slept, sat, and walked on the ground nearly every day of their lives. This simple connection allows earth's natural negative electrons to enter the human body, pacifying dangerous free radicals, which, if left unchecked, can cause severe damage to cells that can lead to many chronic diseases. Ground Therapy's patented process and suite of products were designed for you to experience all the benefits of grounding in your busy and modern lifestyle. And you'll experience the benefits of grounding within the safety and comfort of your home or office throughout the entire day, just as if you were touching the earth itself. The information is provided for general informational purposes only. The contents are not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Ground Therapy Incorporated makes no representations about the efficiency, appropriateness, or suitability of any specific tests, procedures, treatments, services, opinions, healthcare providers, or other information that may be contained in or available through the information provided. Hello, everyone. I want to introduce you to our friends at Marty.com. At Marty, you can stock up on all your pantry items and other household items for way, way cheaper than traditional grocery stores. I like that most of the items are organic. Also, I really dig their one-cent deal of the day. It changes every single day. I recently snagged a 10-ounce bag of dog treats for Chewbacca for a penny. Normally, they sell on their site for $7.99. With the upcoming food shortages, this is my favorite place to stock up on canned goods. If you live in the mountain or Pacific time zones, you need to get with Marty.com. M-A-R-T-I-E.com. Look for our link on our FreedomizerRadio.com website and get a $10 free just because I told you to go there. Marty.com. Great deals, good feels. Freaks, outsiders, weirdos, the wallflowers, oddball loser, fish out of water, speak up, talk quieter. We 
are different. There's no arguing. It's a fact. A patchwork of flaws, we grow and adapt. We're funky, unconventional, see life through kaleidoscope eyes. In a field full of clovers, with our four leaves, we bask in blue skies. Flaws are natural. Our imperfections, our weaknesses, our scars. There is a misfit in all of us. We just have to be brave enough to embrace who we are. Hello, folks. We are here with Barefoot is Legal Radio. Barefoot is Legal is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to the rights and legalities of living the barefoot lifestyle, as well as general support, encouragement, providing general information, and other benefits of health. There are many different reasons why people barefoot, um, but the main categorical reasons are mental health, spiritual and religious health, um, physical health, as well as even emotional health. And yes, you know, there are different overlapping aspects of mental and emotional health, um, but there are ways in which, you know, there is still a difference between our mental dimension and our emotional dimension. Um, and even for uh, me, uh, Phoenix, here hosting today, Audrey won't be able to be with us because um, she's still uh, she got sick. She's still sick. Um, I apologize for starting the show late. Uh, just technical difficulty issues, um, miscommunication on setting up the show, and um, yeah, just things like that. I'm also getting over being sick, but now it's mostly just killer allergies. And I love ragweed season. (laughs) Um, But even for me, I, you know, can see the different ways that barefooting helps different aspects of my health. And I think it's interesting because, you know, barefooting has really helped me to understand my body more, yes, but also my mind, my heart space, or my emotional space. Um, and it's also helped me to understand, you know, the ways that mental, emotional health overlap, but the ways that they can even differ. It's helped me understand my autism, ADHD. It was a huge part of me. Even understanding my late diagnosis, you know, process of um, ADHD and autism. And even though I was 19 when I got diagnosed with ADHD and 20 when I you know, first one out, I was autistic through with a therapist and the diagnosis process, you know, for autism is often very messy in adults taking typically between two to six years um, to get an official medical diagnosis. Um, and I do want to share that with people because a lot of people don't realize how long and grueling and hard it is to find a diagnosis in an adult. And even though I was 18 and or 19 and 20 when, you know, figuring out these things, that's still, um, it's in a weird area because it's in some ways, it's like, yeah, late diagnosis, you know, I was an adult, but in other ways, um, it's actually younger than a lot of people who, you know, fit more of the archetypes that I do on the spectrum and within having, you know, ADHD and autism get diagnosed. And, you know, there's been a lot of updating of information um, within the, you know, new version of the DSM. I think it's DSM-6, um, recognizing autism as a spectrum, and um, which is done a lot of good for sure um but it's really interesting to me because barefooting is what really made me realize my and start to understand my sensory issues 
Um, and, you know, I already had some, I was aware of sensory issues because of my, um, fibromyalgia. Um, but it helped me understand more about the different parts of me. Barefooting was really just, you know, I think it's been a really effective thing, um, for me in my early adulthood. I'm only 21 right now. Um, I'll be 22 soon ish. Um, and I feel like, starting that like transition into like pretty much full-time barefooting when I was 18 um, during my senior year of high school um, when COVID had, you know, decided to make an appearance um, and stay here for a while, unfortunately. Um, You know, that was during the end of my senior year. And I think it's interesting because I know a lot of people that said, you know, despite all of, you know, the horrible things that, COVID has come with and lockdown and how hard and isolating and dysregulating in a lot of ways that time and experience was and has been for a lot of us um, collectively and then other individuals more so than others, you know, because of health issues or health issues within their family and even deaths um, because of this. And um, I think it's interesting though how, you know, lockdown, although it was a really hard time for a lot, most of us um, on varying levels, I think it's interesting how a lot of other people, including myself, you know, started to connect more back with nature and find ourselves more and started kind of diving more into spirituality and different aspects of health and life and just, um, you know, just learning to understand ourselves um, just really go on this journey of self-discovery and I, I think barefooting was definitely a key part of that self-discovery on so many levels in ways that may not make sense to somebody else unless they've tried it you know unless they um, they try barefooting for themselves or then they also you know enjoy it and it works for them um, you know it it's helped a lot with different things with my body um, it gives me more control you know, with my muscles, my joints, my bones, nerves, I mean, all the varying issues with um, my health, having different chronic health issues, having, you know, physical disability issues, you know, there's so much that barefooting has helped with, and there's really nothing that it has hurt, you know, either in my, you know, I get it, not everyone can barefoot I understand something like if you've got like neuropathy in your feet like good luck like (laughs) in general for you out there and I'm wishing you the best but I understand that barefooting is not an option for you um and I just and so we we recognize here at Barefoot Legal that you know there are different medical conditions sensory issues and which again is still you know goes back to medical things um there's so many different aspects of health in your existence that may keep barefooting from being an, an option for you or may keep it from being accessible for you. That could be within your own body. That could be within your physical environment. Um, yeah, it, there are different, you know, aspects that where we're not all the same and I understand and, you know, we have barefoot to understand that it's not necessarily something that is accessible or an ability for everyone. Um, but at the same time, I do believe and most of us believe that everyone can still benefit from earthing and grounding you know and you know connecting with the earth um 
just releasing that excessive electrical energy um, that, you know, can wreak havoc on the body and cause inflammation, you know, chronic pain and um, even swelling of joints, like just different things like that um, going on. It can, um, sorry, my brain's a little uh, today, but with all of those, um, sorry, um, just there's, so with all those benefits of earthing and grounding, like you don't have to be a barefooter. And you don't have to be barefoot. Um, even just sitting on the grass, um, if you've got, like, pants on, you know, and because, um, say, you've got sensory issues. If, you know, we're getting to that weather where it's nicer to be able to wear. Um, I, mean, I mean, according to my thing, it's 81 here right now on September 30th. Um, but, you know, we are starting to get, you know, but we've also had some weather lately where it's, like, you know, in the lower 70s and in the 60s, especially when you get in the evening, it's getting cooler. And so, you know, finding those times when it's comfortable. Now, again, depending on where you are, that may not be an option. But if, you know, even if you have sensory issues with grass or irritation or whatever, just like where you can wear pants and just sit on the grass or lay, you know, put a blanket down or something even. Um, you can still get the benefits of earthing and grounding through that, even if barefooting is not something that is accessible to you. Um, but at the same time, barefooting has helped with so many different aspects of my life, um, you know, and the only thing that, the only time, you know, when barefooting really is an option is sometimes when, you know, for me, my sensory issues, bone issues with the cold and stuff, where it's, you know, too much for me to, you know, the temperature is too much, um, and I do have different sensitivities to temperatures. That's both heat and, you know, coldness. And my body has a hard time understanding temperature. Sometimes it can be really cold and I'm just really hot and vice versa. Um, while other times I'm just more sensitive to um, the temperatures and stuff like that. Probably with my fibromyalgia, my ADHD and autism, um, my just joint bone muscle issues even. Like, you know, the cold can cause a lot of problems for me and, Definitely one of the things I'm not really looking forward to winter. I don't think anyone who's really a barefooter is exactly looking forward to winter unless they're in that place where they're like, I want to see how, you know, far I can go and how much I can barefoot this winter and like see, you know, what that, you know, like just seeing what you're capable of. And I know like sometimes, you know, Audrey, as much as, you know, we both can't stand the cold as much as it causes issues and can wreak havoc for both of us. Like, you know, I know sometimes she's like, ah, you know, let's see how much I can do this winter. Let's see like, you know, what milestone I can reach this time. And like, you know, two, like two winters ago, I mean, she was able to go the whole winter with only needing shoes three times. And then last winter it was only one time. And, um, which is like a really awesome accomplishment. But also understanding that Audrey's been doing this, has been barefooting full time for decades. Me and the man, you know, I've been barefooting full-time since 2020, um, but I do have to, you know, put shoes on in the winter sometimes um, for different health issues. And, and that's not because barefooting doesn't help. That's not because barefooting is the problem. Believe me, in the winter, I would still love to be barefoot because shoes still cause problems for me, um, just wearing them, at, you know, in general. But, you know, it's more so an issue about the cold and these other things. And um, so I think sometimes, you know, too, it's like, yeah, you know, sometimes there, there are going to be times where 
barefooting may not be a cure, you know, a fix all or be the so necessarily solution, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't help because shoes will still create a hindrance or a problem. And, um, you know, even the winter when I still have to wear them, you know, it still causes, you know, increased pain issues and, um, Oh, I feel like this fidget toy is too loud. I need to find something else I can mess with. Um, one second. Sorry, guys. Um, but, you know, even in the times, I just, I have to be able to have something to fidget with when I'm um, doing a show and I realize the one thing I, I end up Robin was probably too loud um, for background noise and stuff. Um, but where was I going with this? Oh. Um, you know, yeah, there are times where it's like, yeah, barefooting is, I mean, option, but that doesn't mean that, you know, barefooting wouldn't still help, you know? Like, yes, when it's too cold for just, well, got to make sure I, I keep my feet and keep my toesies, you know? Sometimes I got to put shoes on for those reasons. I don't, you know, lose my toes when it's in the winter and it's freezing you know um but also even too just my cold sensitivities my different issues but again wearing shoes still hurts still causes issues with my muscles but it's just you know the cold creates too many issues for me and so I think I'm sure there's a lot of other people that are in that position where it's like don't want to wear shoes don't want to have them on they create more problems but you know having sensory issues or cold um nerve joint issues you know like I do where the cold can make those worse like it is hard and it's frustrating and so you know even as barefooters like it's not a one-size-fits-all journey it's not really simple because our existence isn't entirely simple but at the same time barefooting is more simple than people think you know now I, I, I do think that people need to be reminded that it's not something you can just bulldoze right into you know um you have to understand that using your feet, like, because I was actually talking um, to someone about this and, um, you know, talking about how when he first started using, um, like, the barefoot Vibram sandal um, shoe thingies, um, and, like, Audrey's tried them out and is like them. Um, for him, though, um, he said his feet were sore because, you know, he was 35 and this was the first time he had um, or uh, tried out, um, sorry, he was 35 and this was like the first time he had tried out um, wearing these shoes and, you know, he hadn't really had any background with walking, with being a barefoot or walking barefoot at all. Um, this is his way of like, you know, trying to stop wearing shoes as much, especially in situations where you didn't need them um, because of understanding and learning about the health, you know, benefits of um, being barefoot and how these uh, Vibram, you know, shoes could help. And um, and so I think it's really interesting too, because like, you know, we were talking about this, um, you know, and they know that I'm a barefooter. I was wearing shoes. person never really sees me wearing any shoes. <laughs> and, um, I don't know, just talking about how, I don't know, it was interesting because he talked about, you know, it was a transition for him where his muscles were sore at first. 
And that was weird to me because it was something that I just, I personally was like, huh, that's weird. Like, I just didn't understand. Now, for me in general, like, I mean, it's hard because, like, I started doing this in at 18 but the thing was is other than school and work when I was you know because I was working um throughout most of my high school um or my time in high school or whatever um I pretty much always was taking off my shoes as soon as I was done with school I'm not even kidding I was pretty much as soon as I was done with school I was taking my shoes off um don't as soon almost as soon as I was done with work I take my shoes off I mean sometimes I'd even do it you know when getting in the car or um you know, especially as a kid, you know, I take them off and, you know, so it was interesting because I never really thought of like, you know, the muscle part of how like, and I'll get, I'll, I'll explain that in a second, but it was interesting because for me, I, you know, with my chronic pain issues and with just everything going wrong with my feet and all the ways that shoes are overstimulating and hurt my feet and caused all this pain for me, I was just like, immediately I felt relief. You know, and I think barefooting has brought me a lot of relief. For me, it was more so having to learn how to walk on sharp textures and, like, sharp rocks and different things like that. Like, it was just more so of figuring that out. Um, But at the same time, I – right, my brain keeps thinking of other things. And I'm like, some of it is relevant. Some of it I'm like, yeah, this might have to tie into this, but is it really relevant for the show? Um, but yeah, but at the same time, um, I think the interesting thing about this conversation that um, I was having, um, and this is, um, sorry guys, my brain, uh, um, sorry, I was like, I've got all these things I'm trying to bring up in my brain. I'm having a hard time getting there. Um, so, so this individual, they were talking about how um, it 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 was a um, it was it was a it was a hard uh, it was a hard transition um, because you know they didn't have all these um, chronic pain or um, just different issues and, and things like that that I was um, dealing with. But, you know, they were exiting, like, muscle. Um, but wearing shoes, like, most people that wear shoes all the time are experienced, you don't realize it is muscle atrophy. And because, you know, shoes operate as a crutch, they don't allow our the muscles in our feet to naturally develop and work and um, function and um, uh just, yeah, just, like, it, it decreases your range of mobility. Um, it creates um, a crutch, a, uh, um, yeah, it, just, it can create muscle atrophy. And for this individual getting into, um, you know, barefooting, um, even even not actual barefooting, but um, barefooting as close to, you know, just wearing the Vibram shoes, um, they um, – you know, they were experiencing, you know, this, they were um, experiencing this, um, um, sorry, uh, soreness and just difficulty. Um, 
why why is my brain struggling so much today? You know, I'm sorry, guys. Um, I'm gonna hot flash maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah, this, this individual though is experiencing you know soreness with using these Viram shoes and transitioning at first because they were having to like re-strengthen and you know like or and not even just re-strengthen but build up the strength that their feet ever had and you know build up the muscles that have just atrophied naturally throughout their life and this was someone who's you know in their uh, 30s and stuff like that at the time and this um this muscle um this muscle atrophy you know that a, a lot of people most people wear shoes are experiencing and and so that I, it was interesting because for me I immediately on some level was experiencing um relief with wearing um or with not wearing shoes with going barefoot as this person where you know wearing the barefooting shoes um and they were like the brand was vibram and they you know we're talking about um you know they were experiencing soreness because they had to rebuild and not even just rebuild but build up muscle strength and abilities that were never really there to begin with and you know and so i i think it's understanding that like it's the same way that a workout you know and working out um can create soreness and difficulty and um things like that and so i mean if you do start barefooting, you know, and for you, you're not somebody that immediately feels relief. You start feeling some soreness or, and maybe I did feel some soreness when I first started barefooting. I don't know, but I just didn't notice because of all the ways that it was better and already having chronic pain issues. I don't know, but just remembering that that's a part of um, developing the muscles and, you know, muscle atrophy is, you know, a real thing and shoes can create a crutch. You know, they limit our range of mobility. They um, limit our just general range of muscles and the ability to tone these muscles and utilize these muscles within our feet, our calves, ankles. And then, you know, if you think too, our feet are our stru- are, are the foundation of our structure. They're the foundation of our skeleton. They're what we walk on. You know, they're the foundation of our body. And if you don't have a strong foundation, I mean, that doesn't mean very good things for the rest of your body. And so, I mean, even if you're somebody that values fitness and working out, I would encourage you to look at, you know, your your feet, like, you know, and look at your, your ankles and think about, you know, all the ways that have you strengthened those up the same way that you've worked out and strengthened up the rest of your body. Um, because that might be a key component of some things for you that you may not even realize. Um, and understanding. I just feel like barefooting in general just helps people understand their bodies a lot better. Um, just even personally, I feel that, you know, it's like it's helped me regulate my emotions and understand emotional regulation. It helps me um, regulate my nervous system in general with my autism and my ADHD, also with my fibromyalgia and with chronic pain issues and just all the other different factors in my house. Like, it helps. I mean, it helps. I would say it even helps with IBS because it helps just to relax and ground and relaxing and grounding really helps. Um, even with those IBS symptoms, as crazy as it sounds, um, barefooting can help with anxiety. 
there are a lot of um, different things they can help with, but sensory issues are very key. Um, and there is no, you know, right or wrong way necessarily to barefooting, you know, just do what works for you and do the best you can to listen to your body and take it slow. But remember to take it slow going into it. And I'm not saying like, you know, you have to, you know, to completely slow it down to the point that's unrealistic either, but just listen to your body the best you can and um, just take it at your own pace. But, you know, being mindful that, you know, it does take a lot of adaptability and adapting in general to our feet. And our feet are very adaptable. So, I mean, there's a lot of things people are capable of doing barefoot that a lot of people, especially in our, you know, Western American culture of consumerism and unchecked capitalism even, like, you know, we are so disconnected from our bodies you know, we're so disconnected from our emotions, our minds, our heart space, our head space, everything. You know, we're all very disconnected. And um, I do think that, you know, barefooting has helped me become more connected to my body, to the earth, to other people even. And just understanding how complex we all are as individuals. But it's done a lot for understanding myself, my neurodivergency, my disability issues, chronic pain, and and just emotional regulation even. Um, you know, especially for me, as if you are somebody who is also autistic, and, you know, the ways that it's helped with overstimulation, sensory issues, and regulating my nervous system does especially help with emotional regulation. A lot of us are very logical. Um, and for myself, I'm often very logical. But it doesn't matter how logical you are. When a meltdown is triggered, you are entering the emotional part of your brain and the emotional part of our brains take over during our meltdowns with, with um, autism and even ADHD as well. Um, And people may not think about that, but the same thing does also happen with um, ADHD. There are differences between autism and ADHD. And if you have both and it gets very, very complicated. Um, But I think it's important to understand that, you know, meltdowns can be triggered by anything. Wearing shoes was something that triggered meltdowns for me every day as a child before school. And I have started to really understand this in the last year, even still looking back when I would have meltdowns and panic attacks and anxiety attacks before going to certain appointments. Now, driving myself was already overstimulating enough. It was really, um, especially at the time, it was really hard on my uh, physical body and, um, and so that was just even the physical pain. And, you know, even with fibromyalgia, you can get sensory overload um, because of pain and the different sensory issues tied into fibromyalgia. But even with, um, where was I with the, oh, sorry. Yeah, so just with the fibromyalgia alone, I mean, I was being overstimulated, but the shoes, I was wearing shoes because that was a time where, Yes, I had started barefooting and I was transitioning and barefooting, but I still had a lot of fear and shame around going barefoot to doctor's appointments and, you know, to a psychiatrist or, you know, a therapist or anything like that. And so I was just so um, anxious, self-conscious about that stuff. And so realizing that, and I just, it seemed easier to put on my shoes beforehand. And yes, I understood that barefooting was important for me at the time, but at that time, I didn't actually know I was autistic. And this was a couple of years ago. 
And so I didn't understand that all the ways that shoes were overstimulating, how that was affecting my fibromyalgia while driving, but how that was also affecting my ADHD, my autism, and how I was just so overstimulated by driving alone. And then also add in what was going on within my own body, just with the physical um, chronic pain stuff. And then when you throw in the physiological, you know, ADHD, autism, nervous system, brain chemistry stuff, it was just all factoring in together. And it sounds crazy, but like removing the shoes has helped a lot for me. Now I've had to learn how to accommodate for myself in other ways, you know, with different things that includes, you know, with driving and understanding myself, but as silly or crazy it sounds, what really has helped my issues with anxiety attacks, meltdowns, panic attacks, or anything, any kind of uh, psych symptoms that I was, you know, experiencing around um, driving was barefooting and understanding my ADHD, my autism, understanding my fibro in the way that wearing shoes was just very negative to those as well as the other different experiences within my existence with my health and with my body and so it was just very um i don't know interesting um complicated um but yeah so it's just like it's something that's really helped me a lot um and it it, it helps other people a lot and you know we can go around you know, all day, honestly, probably talking about the benefits of it. Um, unfortunately, my brain, you know, can't always <laughs> get where it wants to be. But I think it's really important for people to remember there are no laws or health codes against barefooting in the United States. There have never been any laws against barefooting in the United States. There have never been any health codes against it. That is propaganda. And it's important to understand that, you know, the Western counterculture movement, um, that it was taking part in the 60s, you know, had been caused a uprise of, you know, traditionalists and traditionalists, you know, wanting to push back against the, you know, Western counterculture movement, also known as the hippie movement. And, you know, barefooting was a huge aspect of that. And so down during that time, you know, of that, you know, counterculture movement, that's what, again, allowed this traditionalist movement to rise um, a lot of people that didn't want to see, you know, freedom, unfortunately, which is actually kind of funny to me, you know, where then these people that, you know, rose up and got angry and then started creating a lot of the propaganda, you know, no shoes, no service, or, and the propaganda as if it was illegal. And they believe me, they wanted to make barefooting illegal, but it never happened. Barefooting in the United States has never been, never been illegal. It has always been legal. There have never been any health codes against it. And unfortunately, um, you know, a lot of people have this misunderstanding. And, and I think a lot of it, too, is the people that believe it are the ones that grew up either by people that were a part of the traditionalist, you know, anti, like, I honestly call it an anti-freedom movement when you really think about it, um, because the more I've looked into it, really, at the end of the day, it's what it is. Being against people barefooting, being against people having autonomy of their bodies to the point of literally deciding whether or not they wear shoes, you're anti-freedom. You are. That, it's crazy to, like, to think of it as anything else, really. 
Now, again, everyone's got their own personal preferences and choices. You know, barefooting isn't necessarily for everyone. But like I said I, earlier in the show, I still believe that earthing and grounding, connecting with our planet, connecting to the earth on some level, yeah, that is for everyone. But barefooting itself, people got some people have sensory issues where, you know, although, you know, my sensory issues and many of us who bear barefoot, our sensory issues are a huge reason why we barefoot. It may not be the only reason, but it's a huge reason. Um, there are other people that have sensory issues that keep them from being able to barefoot. There are people, again, like I brought the example, you know, if you have neuropathy in your feet, you, that is a huge barrier to barefooting. So not everyone can barefoot, you know, depending on what your different aspects of health are. But everyone I do believe can benefit from earthing and grounding. And again, you know, like I've already said, we've, are so disconnected from our bodies, but we're also so disconnected from ourselves and our planet and just real life. I mean, if you really think about it, just the essence of life. And for me, barefooting has been a huge aspect of connecting myself to life. Um, and I've and other people I know, I have friends that they may not be full-time barefooters from themselves, but you know, if we go out to certain places, um, and, you know, I do have to be more mindful for my friends who aren't, you know, full-time barefooters or, or who don't really barefoot, barefoot, whatever. Um, they don't have as much tolerance, different textures. You know, we have to be more mindful of where we're going. But, you know, when they love to be able to take out those times they can pop off their shoes, even if we're just sitting in the, you know, the front lawn or whatever, like, you know, just something as simple as that, you know, they also find benefits, um, from it and it can be such a freeing thing and even my other friends even if it's not something they do all the time or they don't have the same reasons or needs to do it all the time they still find freeness from it they still find a sense of healing a sense of just relaxation letting go releasing um and i think it's another thing that really comes up too is just connecting with the earth our planet and we've had capitalism that's gone unchecked to the point that it has harmed our planet you know eco dumping and and just just drilling and these pipelines and um i mean even with the mountain valley pipeline there's stuff that came out about how they allowed the pipes that were not properly insulated um they just let them exposed during this project for 11 about 11 years been causing these pipes to wear down the project isn't even finished and the pipes are already breaking down and eroding in certain places because of water and rain whether it's just you know water from the ground um, but also even just rain itself um, the sun um, wind all these different things are causing these pipes to already weather they're not even finished with the project um, and I mean there are countless oil spills, oil drills, train derailments, so many different things that are happening within our own country, let alone what's happening around the entire world. Even in Ohio, there are certain um, areas, and again, I can't remember all the places off the top of my head, but there are certain areas, even in the state of Ohio, that because of these train derailments, um, I'm about to see if I can actually honestly look it up, train derailments in Ohio this year. Um, see if I can find some areas. But um, from what I've seen months ago, even um, 
I mean, these places, I are they're extreme hazardous chemicals. Um, again, my brain right now cannot remember all of the different ones, um, but here, 2023 Ohio train derailment. Um, yeah, there was one in East Palestine, Ohio. And, yeah, that, that, that brings some bells. Where that was um, very much so affected. Um, I remember seeing, you know, just locals sharing videos of their waterways. And it's just heartbreaking, honestly. Um, but it looks like there was, yeah, and quite a few but yeah, there was oh gosh, yeah, some of these chemicals, um, benzene, uh, vinyl chloride, uh, butyl R. I'm so bad at pronouncing it, pronouncing stuff, but butyl arcylate, uh, vinyl chloride. Oh wait, I think I already said that. Um, and three others. I'm going to completely butcher, even worse, trying to pronounce. Um, and these are all combustible, flammable gases. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I remember reading how vinyl chloride is on one of the top lists of, like, most dangerous ones. Now, again, these chemicals weren't necessarily on these trains, but the process of the derailment and, um, caused chemical reactions to take place. And... Um, Unfortunately, this is, you know, a much bigger issue. The attack on our planet in general is a much bigger issue as corporations for over decades, I mean, really centuries, even when we go back to the very beginning of the Industrial Revolution, um, just the dumping and the seen disrespect and destruction of the planet from corporate, you know what? I don't even know. I ain't got no nice words to say right now. So we're just going to, you can figure out that one. They do not care about the planet. They do not care about the American people. That have never really, arguably, I'll say anyways, have never cared about the American people. Um, and I mean, what are, I mean, honestly, what are politicians really doing? I mean, sometimes, I mean, there is some great, you know, push, um, you know, there's the fossil, um, fuel treaty thing um gosh my brain I really wish I had better words today folks for all the things I'm trying to say but um yeah and you can go to fossil fuel sorry fossil fuel treaty.org I'm look more into it um but I know uh California and Hawaii just backed this up um, there's a lot of different people. I mean, I even personally endorsed it as an individual. You can endorse it as an individual. Um, so eight nation or eight nation states. Okay. Which again, to us, we hear states and we think like, oh, like states, you know, there's New Jersey, there's Ohio, there's, you know, that's what we think of. But nation states, these refers to nations. Um, so you can endorse it in a government, um, eight Nations have already endorsed it. Um, civil society organizations can um, also endorse it. Um, over 2,000 have already. Um, 
cities and sub-national governments can also endorse. So you can endorse as a city or um, like a township type thing. 89 have already done that. And um, wow, over 600,000 individuals have already um, endorsed it. So, I mean, obviously, again, those numbers could be way higher. um, But I encourage people to um, kind of look into that more and um, push for these things. um, Because we deserve better things. And we deserve for renewable energy to be affordable. And honestly, a lot of it isn't even as impossible or expensive as what we've been told or made out to think it is. Because... It's an investment. I mean, if our governments would invest in it better, it's an investment that you could build off of, the sun. I mean, if anything, the destruction of the ozone layer, which it is in the works of of healing itself, it is expected to heal itself by 2050, if I'm not mistaken, on the year. So, I mean, but again, even with the damage of the ozone layer, even with global temperatures rising, even with the UV index getting higher, if anything – that just makes the sun an even greater source of renewable energy. Um, and a lot of these issues in our world, they are healable. But we are at a point. We are at a point where we can either keep destroying ourselves, communities, and our countries, and our global just planet altogether, or we can, you know, start pushing for change. But it's important to remember that we do not, we, I'm not here to shame the average person. And I, I mean, if anything, I'm trying to inspire, get people to really be thinking and pushing for these things so we can hold the people accountable, accountable. It's not the average American person's fault for any of this stuff. Yes, it's great to try to lower your carbon emissions and whatever, any other way that you may be contributing to the damage. But we are in no way collective, like the bottom 50% collective. We are in no way as big of a threat and as big of a danger and as big of a insult and wound to this planet than the one percent then even one one percenter would knock my whole town out of the park and more you know sorry my nose <sighs> let me mute myself real quick okay. i did not want to blow my nose in everybody's ears that just seemed rude but um yeah just in general, like, it, it's not on the average person. Um, and, like, you know, I have a partner who works in HVAC, so I understand that. I mean, some of those things really are hazardous. But, again, there's even things where they're trying to – the EPA has been trying to figure stuff out to transition. But even, too, these transitions are simple. But, again, even when I know about these things, I'm not going to blame the average person for the – like, <laughs> because it's not the average person's fault who is manufacturing these things. Who told us this was the only way to have electricity or, you know, heating and cooling and refrigerant and whatever, anything else under the book that's harming the planet? Who, who told us this was the only way to have cars? You know, this is the only way to do anything. Um, and why is it on the people? I mean, really, why is it on the average person when you've got, you know what, with all this money that they can't even spend in 35 lifetimes? And what are they doing? Sitting on it? Destroying the planet more with their private jet? I mean, come on. And, yes, it may be like, okay, well, how does it connect to barefooting? If we don't have a planet 
that is safe for people to barefoot. I mean, there are already areas where it is not safe or accessible for people to barefoot because it's a literal danger to their health because of hazardous chemicals. Is that, is that because barefooting is the problem? No. It's because the destruction of our planet is the problem. It's because pollution and unchecked capitalists, you know what, are the problem. And the, their lack of care of this planet is the problem. And if it's not safe for people to barefoot, how are people going to barefoot? But also, everyone should care about the planet. And so there is still hope. There is. We're in a place where a lot of these issues can um, actually be healed and mended. And Nature is resilient, y'all. I mean, it's so resilient. I mean, look at just the way that life develops and evolution. I mean, even if you don't really believe in it, you know, I mean, look at any species in the last 50 years. There's adaptability that has occurred, but there's also been, you know, decretion of health and wellness, not even just among humans, but among other animal species. Why? the destruction of the planet that's gone unchecked. And so I think it's really important for us as barefooters to care about this, but also I just, for me, I'm a huge nature person. But I understand how you're a barefooter and, you know, it's just the role of earthing and grounding and connecting to ourselves, to the earth and our bodies and just really understanding nature. Whether you look at, you know, mother nature as its own force or as the creation, regardless of what your spiritual views are, there is a spiritual aspect of nature. I'm a firm believer of multiple realities exist. So I don't think that it's a one-size-fits-all. I think we all have our own interpretations for a reason. We all interact with divinity in our own ways. We're not all meant to have the same perspective. Um, we're not all meant to say, even have the same culture. I mean, it's why do things, different things exist. So I don't really think that divinity came down and was like, Everything has to be one way, one size fits all, or else somebody's got it wrong, and I'm not going to say who, but you know what I mean? Like, I don't think that's how divinity works. I think, personally, again, but that's my personal belief. Um, But my personal belief is respecting pretty much all people's beliefs, as long as you're not hateful and vile and evil, you know? I mean, I think that's kind of a given, though. Um, But, so however you personally believe and connect to the earth, or even if you don't believe in anything, even if you just believe in science, you know, even if that's the only thing you believe in, there is something there to the earth. If you're a spiritual person, you're just a scientific person. I think we can all find some agreement at some point. If we talk long enough about it, maybe not on the surface, that the earth is so crucial to our just life. And in order to be fully in touch with life and living and existence, we need to be in touch with the earth. We need to take care of our planet. We need to connect with our planet. And I think before people can really take an activism role, start working on your personal relationship with the earth first. And that can be as simple as I'm going on a hike. I see trash. I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to do something about it. And it's hard because, like, I'm the kind of person every time I'm in my car and I see, like, trash on the side of the road, even when it's, like, literally I can't do that for safety reasons, I just want to go, like, side of the road and pick it up, you know? And I get it. Maybe not everyone thinks that way. I mean, sometimes I think it's like the way my brain is. My ADHD mouth has been like, oh, there's trash. Oh, I want to pick it up. You know, my hyperconnectivity, my empathy. Even if you, you know, and so maybe other people don't have those things that are actually going on, but start working on being more mindful. Start looking at the litter, the destruction around you. You know, I think as barefooters, you know, it's really important for us 
to connect with the planet, take care of the planet, and encourage others. But remember that this is not all on us. It's not all our fault. We can help. But the biggest thing is our voices and holding people accountable that need to be held accountable for the destruction of our planet. And understanding that without safe outdoors, how are we going to barefoot? How are children going to barefoot? Children should be barefooting. I mean, it's good for their motor skill development. It's good for their walking, you know, and there are no laws or health codes against barefooting, you know, but when it's, but when it's safer to go into a store than potentially go to your own backyard because of chemical dumping and pollution, barefoot, that's a concern to me. Isn't your home supposed to be the safest place? But there are people whose homes are destroyed by chemicals. And, I mean, I guess everything is chemicals. Not all chemicals are bad. But carcinogens and other biohazards, hazardous chemicals. And children should be free, roaming barefoot, for, for, for no reason at all, really. It's not even just sensory issues or, oh, my kid has this condition or whatever. It's, it's good for their motor skill development. And we all should be connected to the earth, even if it's, doesn't fit into your spiritual beliefs there's a reason why ecosystems exist we, we were we've always been a part of our ecosystems and unchecked capitalism this unchecked just idea of consumerism and greed and has poisoned all of us and i think the american people we're seeing it we're done we're over it we're just like ah why i mean everybody who is a real person is feeling the effects of the economy right now. And so if you think you're alone, I promise you you're not. Everyone else is just lying and trying to keep a brave face on unless they're actually rich, rich. You know what I mean? Everybody's feeling it. The middle class is disappearing. Even normal rich is disappearing. You're either a one percenter or you're broke as dirt, you know? And again, that is not to make other people feel hopeless, but to remind people to unite us in our collective struggle and think about it a hundred years ago. And even less, even just 50 years ago, different points in history when people have combined their collective struggle together, you know, yeah, things are getting harder. I think they're getting smarter. The technology's changing. Yeah. But when we come together with our voices, with our pain, with our anger, with our outrage, with whatever negative emotion that you've been told that you shouldn't feel, it has power. It has purpose. It's about learning how to wield it. It's about learning how to direct it. Unfortunately, a lot of us, you know, in general, on some level, even, even if you're not abusive, we still take out the things that we are going through on the people we love because we don't, and most of them we don't realize it. And then we have to have those conversations of like, oh, sorry, I was a jerk. I was just under a lot of stress, all these things. I don't know why I said that. I don't know why I did it. You know, that was inappropriate of me. I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. I'm going to take accountability. However else, I know it's just me just trying to do a general conversation off the top of my head. You know, however that looks. But, you know, at some point, we have all at some point taken out our stress and frustration and our depression and anger and whatever else with this world out on someone else. Am I going to say you're a horrible person? No. I'm just going to say that you're misguided. And we've all been taught to blame each other. I mean, politicians go on the TV and it's, oh, it's this group's fault. It's this group's fault. I don't know. I'm kind of thinking it might be yours. You're the one on the TV. You're the one collecting all the American taxpayer dollars. You're the one, you know. But it's my neighbor's fault. It's this other community's fault. But I, don't, I mean, it's these people I've never even met's fault. It's not the 
you know what, on the TV, collecting them, you know, thousands of taxpayer dollars, getting also collecting thousands in corporate PAC money. No, no, not at all. Not at all. You're right. It's my neighbor's fault. It's these people in this other state or in my state that I've never met. So, okay. Okay. You know, make it make sense. And so, yeah, it may seem like I'm getting off topic, but no, I'm not because their footing is tied into all of this. The whole anti-shoe stigma crap. I mean, it's tied into consumerism. It's tied into capitalism. It's tied into this disconnection of us from our health. Where from where we, you know, and it's not even, and I'm not even trying to come for the free market. That's not what I'm doing, okay? But I think everybody can agree at some point, capitalism in this country is unchecked. And if you don't agree with it, it's probably because you are benefiting from it in a way that is exploiting and abusing other Americans. Let's be honest. And this exploitation and this abuse has disconnected us from our bodies. I mean, to the point that people, I mean, I struggle with interoception because of my autism, and I've even, but I've even realized the way that, and this is relevant, the way that trauma in my own personal traumas and not being allowed to have needs as a child caused my interoception issues to get worse. Interoception is struggles with understanding the bodily signals and understanding what needs and processes are happening in your body. Like, you know, I'll get pains or I'll feel sick and I'm like, I don't know what's causing it, but I don't feel right, you know? Um, but I think a lot of people are also have struggled with this on some level. Because we're taught to ignore and deny our body's needs. You're hungry? Too bad. You're thirsty? Too bad. Get back to work. I mean, and then what? Like, I think it was in Texas, if I'm not mistaken, they got rid of, like, breaks and water breaks for workers that are working construction sites in record-breaking heat. And, like, there are construction workers that have died already. Like, right off the bat, were because of this inhumane sick ideology you know of just yeah okay i'm sorry what so you know what I mean? like and this is something that's been happening for centuries within our history i mean really of telling people that they do not just on some level certain groups of individuals over others especially that you are do not are you do not have needs you do not have bodily needs oh you're hungry too bad you're thirsty too bad you want freedom too bad you know this all ties into it and so now when people see other people barefooting because it doesn't fit the social norm, what's wrong with you? I'm doing something that's good for me, for my body. I'm listening to my own needs. And again, you'll get some pushback at some time. We have to remember that they are a part of the disease that is plaguing the collective, this illusion that has been forced upon us. And even, too, it's just the general disconnection from the earth and disconnection from our bodies. It goes into these corporate ideas of work yourself to death. And this just complete lack of care and compassion for human life and for the planet is insane to me. And and don't even get me on the hypocrisy of so many different politicians. I mean, that don't actually care about human life, even when they say they do. And we have to remember that this is the politics and the economy are the two and, well, and then religion. Okay, so these are the three biggest structures affecting our mindset and our daily life. Politics, the economy, and religion. Historically, three biggest power structures. 
these are tied into people's perceptions of barefooting, just like their perception of everything else. They're tied into people's perception of the planet, tied into people's perception of just life, humanity. What is life? I mean, we have all these mixed ideas of what is consciousness, and there, I mean, and and even eugenics is, is tied into um, unchecked capitalism and corrupt religious ideas because there were corrupt religious ideas that came about that, well, God made you this way. And, again, I'm not trying to, like, you know, enforce any beliefs or, or crap on any religion. But I have personally heard this, even learned about this, where there are certain people that believe this whole idea of, like, well, God made you deformed because you're a deformed soul like and this idea of evil this is a very old ideology that goes back to medieval times um and uh, and so ableism like all these things are tied into it but if we really connected the earth and really connected with true divinity and true love outside of these harmful illusional power structures that have been enforced and oppressing people make us um just turn our backs on ourselves and our existence and each other, this whole divide and conquer mentality, like it's all just sex. And when we connect with the earth, we realize that everyone has a purpose. Everyone has value. Believe me, I've had to deal with so much ableist stuff, even before realizing I was autistic, like fully, like I always kind of knew my whole life. And that's the whole thing I've been really processing is I always had all these memories that would come up and I'd be like, Oh, maybe I am. And I was like, ah, no, no, I can't see it. They're on a 60-second warning. But, you know, dealing with all that ableism and then processing all the ableism in the last year, I realized that I have a lot of amazing gifts, even with my own physical disability issues, you know. But I may not be able to work in the ways that other people expect me, but that doesn't mean I'm useless. That doesn't mean other people aren't useless. Everyone has a purpose. And sometimes that purpose is love. Love and compassion is the greatest force of all. Even just being here on earth to inspire love, and connectedness and togetherness, that is enough because that is our greatest weapon against the, everything plaguing this world is love and community and supporting each other and thinking about all the ways that we're taught that, oh, barefooting isn't safe. Maybe our environments around us aren't safe. Actually, the problem is our environment. So, and we did have a shorter show today because tech issues and whatnot else. Um, Got to finish the show, but take care, guys. Keep living your best barefoot lifestyle. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.